said amen. amen. My land. I've never, never understood in the many years of ministry that God's given me how people can be so alive and so active in the things of the world and be a bunch of dead heads on Sunday morning waiting for God to do something. We're so glad to have you here. And I'm going to hush or go a different direction because I don't want to lose too many. It wouldn't take too many. It'd be all of them. But we're so glad to have you here. I want you to turn with me to Psalm number 72. Psalm number 72. And I want to read for your hearing verses 17 through 20. My sympathy for Brother Chuck. He was having trouble with allergy. I am too. I came close to saying, you leave my water alone. Pardon me. Psalm number 72, verses 17 through 20. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun... And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. I want to speak this morning on the subject, the enduring name of the Lord. The enduring name of the Lord. You run into it at the beginning of verse number 17. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. This psalm deals with the kingdom reign of Jesus Christ that's going to take place on this earth. For instance, notice verse 2, verse 7, and verse 11. It's speaking of Christ, obviously. He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. And then in verse number 11, pardon me, verse number 7, in his days, that is the days of his coming, shall the righteous flourish and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. And in verse number 11, Yea, all kings shall fall down before him, all nations shall serve him. And it's one of the last prayers of David. He makes that clear in verse number 20. Historically, historically, the psalm has to do with the literal reign of the son of David. When you read verse 1, he makes that very clear. 
give the king, speaking, David is writing this, and he speaks of himself as the king, give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. And of course the king's son was Solomon. So historically it is referring to Solomon taking over the throne and being king over Israel. However, prophetically, it has to do with the spiritual son of David, who is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, who would one day reign as king. Hundreds of years later, as Christ walked the streets, he heard a voice coming from a man whose name was Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus said this, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Time does not permit me to execute this chapter. However, I would like to speak on the one aspect of it that deals with the name of the Lord. Verse 17, his name shall endure forever. Thus the subject, the enduring name of the Lord. There have always been rulers and empires in times past operated and run by dictators and leaders and names of men who were prominent, but they have been forgotten. The pharaohs of Egypt... For instance, they built a mighty empire and held captive the Israelites for 400 years. But God destroyed their prominence. It is said in Exodus 14, 13, Moses said unto the people, Fear you not. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians which you have seen today, you shall see them again, no more forever. They had a name, but they've been forgotten. Alexander the Great ruled Greece. He became king at age 20. In 10 years, he conquered the then known world And he died at age 33, weeping because there were no more worlds to conquer. He had a great name, but he's been forgotten. The Caesars of Rome, it became the strongest empire the world had ever known. They're all dead now, and they've all been forgotten. Napoleon ruled France. He crowned himself emperor of France when he was 34 years of age. He conquered Europe. He had a great name, but he's been forgotten. And there are some great leaders today, but they too shall pass away. And they too shall be forgotten. But the name of our Lord shall endure forever, forever. Our text declares, His name shall continue as long as the sun. 
How long have human beings been looking at the sun? For we know at least 6,000 years. But the sun still shines. Men shall be blessed in him. Can you imagine how many millions of people have come to know Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior over a process of time, especially during the last 2,000 years? And one day all nations shall call him blessed. The writer of this 72nd Psalm speaks of that. Look at verse 7. In his days, that is when the Lord comes again. In his days shall the righteous flourish. And the abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish, the isles that shall bring presents, the kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings underscore that in your Bible, all kings shall fall down before him, all nations shall serve him when he comes the second time. There never has been a time when all of that happened, but it will take place. George Whitfield loved to read things written by this great man of God. George Whitfield was once asked if he was going to start a religious denomination. His answer was, no, brother John Wesley may do as he pleases, but let my name perish and let the name of Christ last forever. What a statement. I'm here to tell you this morning that we serve a Lord who has an enduring name, and His name shall endure forever and ever and ever. His name, first of all, will endure in salvation. There's no such thing as salvation apart from this man, Jesus Christ. No one has ever been saved or ever will be saved apart from his name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That will never change. This is how Old Testament saints were saved. If you don't know that, you need to know it. It is not that there was an Old Testament way for people to be saved and then God gave us a New Testament for later generations to be saved. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were saved by the grace of God. Just as Peter, James, and John in the New Testament were saved by the grace of God. Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and God's plan will never change. Salvation rests in Christ and Christ alone. There are some major religions in our world today that are comprised of thousands, teeming thousands and thousands of people, and they don't understand how wrong, tragically wrong, they really are. There can only be one who gives life, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Only one way for man to be saved, 
apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 and 23, you'll be familiar with these scriptures. Speaking of Mary, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why are they going to call his name Jesus? For he shall save his people from their sins. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The Apostle Paul comes along in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, and says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, speaking of Christ, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in the earth, and the things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I had read that so many times. Until yesterday, these things stood out more prevalently to me. That every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and of things under the earth. So I went to my trusted source. I wanted to see what Dr. John Gill had to say about that. And John Gill says, in heaven, that's where the angels and departed saints are. All of the angels of God and departed saints in heaven are going to bow their knee to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the earth... That's where saints and also sinners live. But yet saints and sinners shall bow their knees to the Lord Jesus Christ. And those under the earth, Gil says that refers to the bottomless pit where fallen angels who are demons have been incarcerated. Even they will acknowledge and bow their knees to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. His name will endure in salvation. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And how simple and yet to the point the statement that came from the lips of Christ Himself. John fourteen six. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man can come to the Father except he comes by me. His name shall endure in salvation. Romans ten thirteen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. His name will endure in prayer. It is only through his name that we have an audience with the Father. I want to say that again. It is only through His name that we have an audience with the Father. In prayer, we pray to the Father, but we pray in the name of the Son. How many times I have heard men say, 
Well, I talk to God all the time. My dear friend, you're wasting your breath if you don't pray through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many religions today that go with their God name being very definitely termed as one thing or another and say, well, I talk to my God. There's no such thing as coming to the Father except through the Son, Jesus Christ. People who do not embrace the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God cannot be saved. You'll never get to the Father going any other way except through the Lord Jesus Christ. His name will endure in prayer. John 14, verses 13 through 14. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And may I read for you John 5, 16, 15, 16, I'm sorry. May I read for you John chapter 15, verse 16, and also chapter 16, verses 23 through 24. Christ said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it unto you. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy might be full. His name will endure in prayer. And thirdly, His name will endure in healing. You say, we don't hear too much in Baptist churches about healing. Well, you ought to. Do I believe that God heals today? Absolutely I do. I believe that all healing is of God. And God has doctors, medical doctors and surgeons and men who are skilled in medicine. But he uses these men to carry out his will one way or the other. All healing is of God. You ask, could God duplicate the miracles of the New Testament in today's world? Could God do that? The answer is yes, of course. It's never the ability of God which is in question. It is the will of God which we must consider. If God is not visibly healing people today, my dear friends, it is because it is not his will to do that today. It does not mean he cannot do that today. All the Lord would have to do is say, Lazarus, come forth. And if there's a Lazarus within 500 miles, he's going to come forth. Because God is the master of healing. And it's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Demons flee from that name. Demon possession is a form of illness. It's a form of sickness. It's real because it's through the personality of fallen spirits or demons. But demons are very real. So, well, I believe they were real in the Bible days. No, they're real today. 
In Acts chapter 16, verse 18, when Paul and Silas got to Philippi, there was a young lady that followed them, dogged his steps everywhere he went. She was right behind him saying, These men are men of the Most High God that show unto us the way of salvation. Well, she was barking it out so many times and talking so much, she almost drowned it out, Paul preaching the gospel. But Paul turned to her and said, This she did many days. Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the Bible says he came out the same hour. I believe that. I believe that. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. Healing took place, but it was always through the name, through the name, through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Disabilities flee from his name. All of a sudden, the I can'ts become I can. Do all through Christ who strengthens me. Disabilities flee from his name. What does that mean? Could I give you a personal testimony? When I was a teenager, God called me to preach. And I told the Lord, I can't do that. First of all, I didn't want to do that. I was a teenager. And man, I was cool. I was really cool. And I figured that you can't, you can't start preaching and be cool anymore. And so I fought that. And I told the Lord, I cannot preach. And I will not preach. I stand before you today having been preaching for the last 70 years. God took my can't and my want and made it the prize of my life. And I'd rather die preaching than doing anything else in all the world. He took my disabilities and he used them for his honor and his glory. Disabilities flee from his name. There was a man who sat outside the temple and he was placed there because he could not walk. He was lame from his mother's womb. He had never taken a step. And Peter and John were going into the temple and he was asking an offering. He called it alms, alms. And Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's the most stupid thing he'd ever heard. But Peter went over to help him out and assist him a little bit. And all of a sudden, by faith, in the name of Jesus, this man jumped up. And he started leaping and praising God and went into the temple. My lands, 
What would that do to a Baptist church today? My, my. Not only do disabilities flee from his name, diseases flee from his name. In Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 13, it came to pass when he was in a certain city. Behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him. Christ did what you better not do. Don't ever touch a leper because they're contagious. Christ touched him. He put his hand on him and touched him. He said, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Death flees from his name. Death flees from his name. In John eleven forty three and 44, when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice. And he said, Lazarus... <laughs> who'd been dead for four days. Lazarus, come forth, and he that was dead came forth. In 1 Corinthians 15, I do not have the time to read it, but you can read it. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 24 through 26, and especially in verses 53 through 57, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The name of the Lord Jesus Christ endures in eternity. We receive our names when we're born. Of course, given a little latitude, sometimes we get named before, quite a while before we're born. But generally speaking, we receive our names when we're born. But he has always had a name. There never has been a time when Jesus Christ did not have a name. John 17, verse number 5, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory I had with thee before the world was. Before there was a heaven, before there was an earth, before there was a sun, moon, or stars, he was. He was, and he had a name. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Those who are living in the tribulation period when that occurs and begin to go the route of the Antichrist, it says in Revelation thirteen eight, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship the Antichrist whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. But you read in Revelation 22 verse 4, which points to our eternity in the future with Christ, they shall see His face and His name shall be in their foreheads. I don't know what to do with that. Except I just kind of believe His name's going to be in our foreheads. His name. Will be in, everybody will know we belong to him. His name will be in our foreheads. His name will endure preeminence. In Revelation 19 verses 11 through 16, it talks about the second coming of Christ. 
with the saints from heaven to establish his reign of righteousness on this earth. I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness doth he judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. The armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he'll rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. His name will endure preeminence. Mr. Spurgeon, and I do so like to read him, had a miracle of a mind. I wish I could tell you a few things about Mr. Spurgeon. I do not have the time to do that. But the man had a brilliant mind. And when he was just a young preacher, he made this statement. He said, without my Lord, and if the gospel be not true, I should bless God to annihilate me this instant. For I would not care to live if you could destroy the name of Jesus Christ. Does he mean that much to you? And does his name mean that much to you? I want to go back to our text and read to you from Psalm 72 verse 19. And then I want to read a quote from Mr. Spurgeon, and I hope you'll bear with me as I do that. But in Psalm 72, 19, it says, And bless be His glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. When he was 22 years old, This is a sermon that was recorded when he was 22 years old and I want to share part of it with you to get you to see and to understand what happens when God touches a man's mind and all of a sudden he becomes brilliant and his flowery speech and his verbalization and his illustrations are so perfectly knit together to convey the thoughts that he wants to convey. Keep in mind this. Give me a moment. Keep in mind this as I read this part of the message that he brought. He said, and I quote, The scorners have said that we should soon forget to honor Christ and that one day no man shall acknowledge Him. Now, We assert again in the words of my text. 
His name shall endure forever as to the honor of it. Yes, I'll tell you how long it will endure. What's he talking about? The name of Christ. I'll tell you how long it will endure. As long as on this earth there is a sinner who's been reclaimed by omnipotent grace, Christ's name shall endure. As long as there is a Mary ready to wash his feet with tears and wipe them with the hair of her head, as long as there breathes a chief of sinners who has washed himself in the fountain open for sin and for uncleanness, as long as there exists a Christian who has put his faith in Jesus and found him to be his delight, his refuge, his stay, his shield, his song, and his joy, there will be no fear that Jesus' name will cease to be heard. We can never give up that name. Let the Unitarian take his gospel without the Godhead in it. We let him deny Jesus Christ, but as long as Christians, true Christians live, as long as we taste that the Lord is gracious and have manifestations of his love, sights of his face, whispers of his mercy, assurances of his affection, promises of his grace, hopes of his blessings, we cannot cease to honor his name But if all these were gone, if we were to cease to sing his praise, would Jesus' name be forgotten then? No. The stones would sing. The hills would become an orchestra. The mountains would skip like rams and the little hills like lambs. For is he not their creator? And if these lips and the lips of all mortals were dumb at once, there are creatures enough in this wide world besides. While the sun would lead the course, the moon would play upon her silvery harp and sing sweetly to her music. Stars would dance in their measured courses The shoreless depths of the heavens would become the home of songs and the void immensity would burst into one great shout. Thou art the glorious Son of God. Great is thy majesty and infinite in thy power. Can Christ's name be forgotten? No. It is painted on the skies. It is written on the floods. The winds whisper it. The tempest howl it. The seas chant it. The stars shine it. The beasts low it. The thunders proclaim it. Earth shouts it and heaven echoes it. But if that were gone, if this great universe should all subside in God just as a moment's foam was gone and subsides into the wave that bears it and is lost forever, would his name be forgotten then? No. Turn your eyes yonder. See heaven's terra firma. Who are these that are arrayed in white? And whence came they? 
These are they that came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and praise Him day and night in His temple. And if these were gone, if the last harp of the glorified had been touched with the last fingers, if the last praise of the saints had ceased, if the last hallelujah had echoed through the then described vaults of heaven, for they would be gloomy then, if the last immortal had been buried in his grave, if graves there might be for immortals, would his praise cease then? No. By heaven, no. For yonder stand the angels. They too sing his glory. To him the cherubim and the seraphim do cry without ceasing. When they mention his name in that thrice holy course, holy, holy, holy Lord God of armies. But if these were perished, if angels had been swept away, if the wing of a seraph never flapped in the heavens, if the voice of the cherub never sung his flaming sonnet, if the living creatures ceased their everlasting course, if the measured symphonies of glory were extinct and silent, would his name then be lost? Ah, no. For as God upon the throne, he sits. The everlasting one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And if the universe were all annihilated, if the universe were all annihilated, still would his name be heard, for the Father would hear it. And the Son and the Spirit would hear it. And deeply graven on immortal marble in the rocks of ages, it would stand. Jesus, the Son of God, co-equal with the Father, his name shall endure forever. I close with Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Don't ever get tired of Jesus Christ. Don't ever get commonplace with Jesus Christ. His name shall endure forever. Let's stand please for prayer. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the access that we have into your presence through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
based on the blood that he shed for us at Calvary that we might be saved from our sins. And our Father, we thank thee for these moments we've had today here at Grace Church in Tyler, Texas, just to commemorate and to think about how wonderful and glorious your Son is, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you while we were yet dead in sin and trespasses, you came, O oh God, that you might save us from our sins, and you've done that very thing. And we thank you for that. If there are those present who've never come to know you in a relationship of salvation, may today be the day they look to Christ and come to him as they are and trust him as he is. For we ask these things in Christ's name and for his sake we pray. Amen.